Here at Total Wine & More, you'll find what you love and love what you find, especially our totally low prices. My friends and I are hanging out this weekend, and I'm on cooler duty. These seltzers and sparkling wines are the coolest. They'll make you the king of the cooler. Oh, that sounds good. Wow, I can fill my cooler without emptying my wallet? Find what you love, love what you find. Only at Total Wine & More. With the lowest prices in the DMV. Drink responsibly, B21. Download the BetMGM Sports app and place a $10 Moneyline wager on any NBA playoff game to win $200 in free bets if either team hits a three-pointer. Use code CHAMPION200. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager. Virginia only. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-888-532-3500. Hi there, this is Jim the Keys bartender. I'm here in Key Largo. It is, what day is it? It's the 29th of October. We are, let me stop this here. We are coming back to uh, getting into cooler months. It's not, it's not 90 degrees here in the Keys. There's not a ton of people running around. But, uh, we guys still have the AC run because the humid is, is hell. That's pretty much it. But it's beautiful down here if you'd like to come and visit. And in a couple days, we'll we'll have uh, well, we we'll have some kind of resolution. You know, I will. Uh, I've since most of you. It seems like most of you have voted. I'm, I'm guessing most of the uh, listeners of this show in the United States have voted, uh, and that's a good thing. Uh, the the picture you see in the uh, caption for this episode is a permit supposedly is, issued by the Freedom to Breathe Agency, which is total bullshit, uh, which I was presented uh, last week with someone that says they don't have to wear a mask because of this. They download it. And they didn't even uh, laminate the card. But this is that that's the card I uh, I got a picture of. I just I I saw it before on Facebook, but I never saw it in person. It's it kind of reminds me of those things people get for their um, dogs. There's therapy dog certificates or in the vest and shit like that so they can come in so yeah this person came in downloaded and came up real close to me to show me their card and I said first of all nope uh, don't come close and second of all uh, that's not a real card uh, there's no freedom to breathe agency yet uh, but and it says uh, if you look closely at the it says that they are protected the bearer of the card is protected by the American with Disability Act and that the Department of Justice will issue fines up to $75,000 for people that would uh, inhibit people's freedom to not wear a mask. Well, that's all well and good. That's nice. Um, 
why don't you show me a picture of your pilot's license? You know, something you get from TWA maybe years ago when TWA was still around. They used to give a little pirate, uh, pilot's wings out. You say I'm a pilot or you can have an astronaut certificate or a little orphan Annie secret Dakota ring to show you belong to that group. Because to me, it all, uh, well, they're all children there mainly, but the person that does help was on the card was not a child. Uh, yesterday, I'll tell an interesting story. I had a guy, I thought it was interesting. Two guys came walking in and one guy didn't they come walking to the table and he goes, oh, I, I just took off my mask. And I said, well, that's great. You just came in, you know, you, you didn't have to wear a mask all that time you were wearing it prior to this, but actually coming in the door, you have to be wearing a mask. So I said, that's, doesn't make sense. You know, it's like, um, you know, I was naked before I, uh, I took a shower and then I decided to put your clothes on, you know, that's ass backwards. The mask goes on before you go inside, not when you're outside. You know, I guess they're thinking of Key West. He has totally screwed up. But the guy, I recognized the guy. He was a local. So he said, oh, I just took my mask off. I'm like, well, go back out and put it back on, you know. And, oh, you need to have one with you if you're going to walk around. And people do that all the time. They just don't want to walk around with the mask on. But uh, that's the rules of Monroe County. Just so you know, we can come down here and if you do have to make a political point of not wearing a mask, do it where you live, not down here. I apologize if I'm not that friendly, but you go to a local ordinance. If Let's say you were going to Tombstone, Arizona in the 1880s, and the uh, one of the ERPs came up to you and said, I'm sorry, you can't carry a gun inside the city limits because there was too many gunfights going on. So you you could either choose to give up your gun or you get into a little gunfight with the Earps and Doc Holliday and all that stuff. See how that works out for you. But yeah, if you wanted a gun, don't come to Tombstone. If you don't want to if you don't want to wear a mask, don't come to the Keys. That's easy, right? So this past weekend I had another interesting call uh, the call was from a gentleman, and the exact call was, Hi, are you busy uh, tonight? Is it busy there? So said, No, it's not busy. So there's, you're, you're saying, this is the other side of the phone, so you're saying there's no one there. No, that's not what I said. What I said was it's not busy. Well, how many people are there? Well, more than two and less than 30. Now, I'm behind a bar. I don't know who's out on our patio in the back and who's in the some of the rooms I don't see fully. So I gave him my best one. He goes, could you just tell me exactly how many people you have? And I said, well, could you tell me why you're interested you know how many people you have? Because, you know, just tell me what you want. I can tell you. Do you want live entertainment? Do you want this? Do you want that? The guy says, I want to know how many people there are. And I go, there's 18 people here. Yeah. That's that's what I said. There's 18 people. And uh, the guy hung up. Then. So, but we had some speculations for it. One, the, the, the uh, most... Uh, the, 
the closest um, one I got, I'm thinking it was someone perhaps who worked at another bar and they were surprised that it wasn't so busy. And it wasn't very busy. We, I think it was Friday, Saturday night. We didn't have that many people. But we did have an early rush. So I thought maybe it was another place and they wanted to explain. There, this past weekend was supposed to be the singer-songwriters event in Key, uh, in Key Largo. I guess in the Keys. It wasn't just the Key, um, Key Largo because they had it in other places perhaps. Or it was in Key Largo. Uh, but it wasn't really that rigorously attended. And why not? Why wouldn't it be? You know, people, a lot of these guys who uh, have these jobs do it part time and they didn't have a lot of extra gigs to play and they doesn't make sense for them to sh- show up at the, these festivals right now. And then you have the people that come down. A lot of people that come down are coming down from uh, Miami to get away from some of the restrictions there. And then we have the people that short-termers, the people that come in, they aren't planning uh, vacations long in advance. They're just doing it at the spur of the moment using online apps and things like that, which is great. It's a great time to do it right now. But uh, that that's where we had 10. I also thought that could be like, a more nefarious reason that uh, why someone would want to uh, know how many people. Maybe the guy is a very specific mass murderer and he needed to have uh, a certain amount of people and he didn't need extra. So he probably, you know, maybe wanted to go in there. That's very dark. Okay. Well, maybe the person wants to be the only person in the restaurant. I feel like a big shot. He sit by himself in the middle of the room at a table and just get served. But since this pandemic, we've had tons of weird questions. We've had people ask for uh, whether we had live entertainment, and we're we're an indoor venue. We do do live entertainment, but uh, not so much since the pandemic because a band takes up space and then it crowds the remainder space. So it actually takes away from your capacity. And live music is usually for driving um, occupancy. So if you have live entertainment, your hope is that you draw in more people to pay for the entertainment. And restaurants and bars do it as... because there's multiple reasons why you do it one reason is if you're a a venue that attracts good acts that you get people that come in just to listen to music and stuff like that you have a bar and you have people come in for a couple hours and listen to music they order some food and then hopefully you defray uh, the cost of the band by the people that are coming buying food and drinks now if you have a $300 band and you don't have 30 people um, providing $10 profit per person. That's $10 profit, not $10 gross, which is like two drinks. You have to actually buy like four drinks, you know, I mean, for some people, or maybe some food and things like that. And that defrays the cost. Now, when that needle doesn't get moved, 
let's say on a Friday night, and let's say you were going to get 100, 100 people that night, 110 people come in that night to your restaurant, and you have a band, and instead of having 110, you have 125. And some of those coming in, they have like one, two drinks. And this is what happened on our Saturday night. We had a band. And we had some people just come in for a band. And I think there was a table of seven that came in. There was three, ten. They, um, and maybe twelve. We may have had fifteen. We may have close. And they may have, we may have profited I think we're still kind of in the hole from the live music and stuff like that. but we, And then we didn't lose anybody from not having the space, so that's a good thing too. But that's the math you do for uh, in a restaurant where there's live entertainment. If you had a musician uh, coming in, you want to be able to make more because of having the musician than without. So, if you didn't have the band, would you still have 110, 115 people, 125? And if you, if your answer is yes, we still would have 125, or we'd have 110. You might, your answer may be, well, that's not enough to really. If you're talking about 15 more people, and lucky if they get make ten dollars per person, probably not. Probably more like five. So that's 75. So that's. All the things, you know, think, oh, we just have entertainment just because. And and when people come from dining from one of our other rooms into the main lounge and then they stop and listen to the band. Well, that doesn't that's nice. But unless they're having more drinks and food and stuff like that, that doesn't mean that doesn't mean anything to it. So if someone's walking out and picked a party of eight that ate there anyway, and we're going to eat there anyway doesn't matter so there you go and it works for any place i imagine whether you're in alaska or the florida keys you don't want to fucking spend a lot of money for entertainment if no one's coming in you ever seen the movie yes man jim carrey and uh, i think it's zoe deschanel's in it and she has a band in the middle of it he got a flyer from at the beginning of the show he had a flyer uh from the band and he goes in and there's Zoe Deschanel with her band. I forget the name of the band. Had a great song though. She had a great song. I'm not your late night booty call. I think it was. Uh, and they had maybe eight people there standing all. And this is be, this is a four or five year old, maybe six year old movie. And people were all spread out. Kind of socially distant kind of funny because she goes and thanks everyone that came to see the band and I think they had the same number of, of people come and see them as they have had uh, in, members in the band just think of that if you go to a place and your family uh, if there's 25 people or 30 people listening to the band and 8 of them family and friends right that really means there's 17 people coming to see the band. Bringing your, you know, bringing your, bringing your family in doesn't really do much to you. So, I'm contemplating not 
not retiring because I work in the, in the industry. I have not uh, been a harbinger of my resources that well. That's Hence, I'm doing a podcast. I'm 57 years old. I'm a bartender and a spin instructor. But there's a lot of people down here in the Keys and in other parts of Florida where retirement is a big deal. It's a big part of the community. When I say it drives the economy, retirement drives the economy down here. What do I mean by that? I mean, people come down to retire, purchase land, they live, they purchase things. And that drives the economy. Now, people in the act of retiring does not drive the economy. Just think of that. Retirement is with way you just build up your work, 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 work your life, right? And it's and it depends on how you view labor, your job. If it is something to be eschewed or not something you want to do every day, then Retirement is that goal for you where you get to do nothing or get to do whatever you want, meaning golf, bird watching, stamp collecting, whatever, uh, growing, making your own tea, pottery. I'm thinking scrapbooking or what's that stuff where you do the patch for blankets whatever when you sew um, oh Christ a quilting quilting if you become a quilter you can become a pet groomer and all the stuff it just whatever your your pastime or just sit and watch television play whatever goofy game it is that's your choice but to see it as an aspiration for everyone I've seen life and you know, I can I can see the life. I'm considering, let's say the villages is a couple hundred miles north here, about three, four hundred miles north of Key Largo on the mainland center of the state. And I I know a little from what my my parents are going through too. So they have their activities and the things they do. But a tendency is to do things that other people are interested in in these communities. So if it's shuffleboard, a big shuffleboard thing where you use that, the big handle to put it, that's the, they're interested in bocce, that's the thing, you know. <coughs> Pardon me. And that's a non-COVID cough. But I was listening, to, I was watching a movie and a person who was, um, it was a, a movie, it's a TV show, a limited series, where someone's a, a grandmaster chess player, and they're playing against someone who's a, like, 12 years, uh, 11, 12 years old, and he, in a couple of years, he's going to be the, you know, the greatest chess player in the world. I guess it was a take on Gasparov, or one of the guys, uh, like Eddie Fisher. So, the, the person they were playing says to him, uh, when you're going to become the greatest, you're going to be the greatest chess player at 16 years old. What are you going to do after that? What do you, what do you do after that? You think of that. Imagine you reached all your goals, your main goal in life at such an early point, uh, such as, let's say a, a, um, 
a gymnast. Mary Lou Retton. I mean, there's Nadia Kamenich, there's Olga Corbett, there's all these people, Dominic, Dominique Swain, I think it is, uh, Carrie Strug. They, they've reached a point like 15, 14, 13, 16 years old. They've reached a point of getting gold, perfect scores. They got the, the thing, and that's, that's it. Age is against them, so they rarely, rarely do they repeat that. Sometimes they do. Um, Justin Bieber, let's say a guy like that, you know, singer, once you hit it, the girl, little girl on America's Got Talent who does the puppets and you reach, you get your million dollar prize and you get it when you're 12, 11, 10, uh, 13, 14, 15, 16, you got the, you get the idea. Uh, what is your goal after that? What can you do? What? Ever will you do that will match that? Think about it. You've reached you've reached the pinnacle of your um, your career. That's it. So, um, what was the guy? Mark Spitz won six or seven gold medals in the Olympics. At the time, he won. He he set the record for it. But in 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 swimming, and for years, he. You know, after Mark Spitz won that, you heard you knew the name Mark Spitz. But what did he do after that? I think he went became a dentist or something like that. But then years later, he decided. Well, he did all that. At such a young age, he wanted to go back, and he still was a strong swimmer. He was it was world uh, class. Maybe not world record holder, but he was up there. And I don't know if he medaled at all when he went. He returned years later. He skipped a couple Olympics. And it was quite emotional for him. But it's a long, it is a long way down for some of these people when they hit the, uh, the tops of it. There, there, any child star, child stars. Whoa. Drew Bramore is drinking at 10, 10 years old. Every everyone these cute little kids they put in the movies and stuff like that and then they have their big hit and then uh, the kid in AI or what was that movie the little kid in Sixth Sense he 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 turned out to be a big weirdo uh, it's just what what trajectory if your trajectory in life you go and hit your peak right then. Where is it possible to go? Now, some people, I know there's a story out there where someone's done, done Mozart. Mozart, he, he looked, you said, wow, the kid's playing six, seven years old, can play a concerto and all this stuff. But he's also designed, he ended up dying young, but he, he I think he ended up on top. Dying young, uh, James Dean died young. Uh, some people have, their second acts, Johnny Cash to name, name one. Betty White, here's one. But a lot of times when people hit it early and then they go about Kurt Vonnegut. Kurt Vonnegut wrote his classics and disappeared. And he showed up years later in a Rodney Dangerfield movie, movie Back to School. And Kurt Vonnegut shows up to write a paper. I think it was Slaughterhouse Five, right? Is Kurt Vonnegut Slaughterhouse Five? This is how. 
but I've always lived my life under the thing, you know, I, I did not by design choose not to peak too early. I did not choose that. I, if I could have peaked early, I would have peaked early. I don't think I peaked yet. I hope, I hope not. I didn't hit it at such high points yet that I can look back and say, hey, remember that year, blah, 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 blah. I did that. Well, they're all different years. There's the years I drank, the years I'm sober, the years I'm bartending, the years I'm selling, the years I was, you know, uh, single, years I'm in school. I haven't hit that point, but I can't just imagine those days when I'm looking back at what I used to do. When you talk to someone who's retired, a lot of times the first question is, what are retired from what? I used to be a doctor. I used to be an engineer. I used to be a nurse. I used to be a teacher. I used to be a police officer. All those things. You know, we have down here, we have people that are fishermen that some people wish that they would do in retirement. So maybe they are living their their dreams, these boat captains and things like that. Or perhaps, you know, there's people that I've known that are really, you know, the older guys are bartenders. There's a couple of them, guys and girls. And they had some pretty interesting jobs that weren't in the service industry prior. Uh, there's uh, at least one uh, paralegal I know who's uh, retired and she works down in one of the resorts down south and uh, in Hawks K. But there are, it's just, it makes you hesitate to think, what what am I going to do with the rest of my life? How do I view every day that I get up? When, if you're working so hard, if you really hate your job, that retirement is a, it's a godsend. But it, if it isn't, if your job is your, socializing your first of all you know mainly your uh, employment is your income but then it's also your social life your means of finding meaning and value in life you define yourself that way if you weren't that person if you weren't the um, Pilates instructor what are you known as the person who works in the garden all day. So before you think of retirement, I'm just suggesting maybe we should look about the things we should want to do. And instead of just retirement, you could be retiring. You could be leaving a place. Instead of calling retirement, I'm transitioning. I'm going from doing this job. Let's say I'm uh, maybe I'm a, a CPA or investment counselor. And but I what I really wanted to do was be get involved in horticulture, so you could work at a big nursery or a small nursery. I really wanted to be a farmer, or I would really like to raise alpacas or llamas or whatever shit like that for their fur. That, that could be a goal. It's not retirement. It's just like when people say, I retired and I did this. I retired and I'm, uh, I owned a bed, bed and breakfast. Well, you didn't retire. I left my job. 
I, I left my job and then I became a innkeeper. That's more like it. Because retirement sounds like you're just kicking back eating bonbons all day. Jeez, on my day off, if you looked at me, you'd think, oh, what is he? Guy, was fucking guy retired? Um, yeah, I, I, I enjoy doing that. I enjoy doing what I do. I enjoy going to work. I'm not looking forward to the day that I don't have work. Because if I don't have work, that could be two things. It's either I was let go from my job or I can't physically perform it anymore. Now, if I get the third one would be voluntary. If I said, well, I was done with doing that job and I I decided to do something else. That is a much more enriching experience, isn't it? You don't want to be told you can't do your job anymore or you're too old for your job or someone's younger. Just imagine, you know, if, if your life is like a football game and you're super successful, let's say you're an attorney, a tax attorney, you work for a big firm and you just had credible bill, bill of hours, you made partner, you got all this money and you ran up the score. It's like a football game. You ran up the score. It's 58 to two. Or three, actually. I don't want a safety. I'll give it a feel. Give them a feel. 58 to three. And there's 12 minutes left the game. Last quarter. Some people may say, hey, take take you out of the game. You're the quarterback. Put in this other guy who just got drafted last year. Give him some experience. Let him get some. It's a kind thing to do. But you're on a roll. You just threw seven touchdowns, threw for seven touchdowns, right? 49 points, and then the rest guy can't be rushing touchdowns and, and whatever uh, field goals the guy hit at 58. And, you know, sometimes you just want to finish the job you had. So, listen, I would just want to see how I would do. I want to consistently do. I want to get, get your numbers up too, right, to see how well you can do. Do you when you're when you're riding high and uh, you know just crushing it? Do you just want to sit back that day? I think not. You know, I understand the point of bringing in someone to be experienced. I understand retiring to get let people have jobs, but we have more people working, more people doing the things they want, then we have more people spending money and reviving the economy and stuff like that. That's what you need: more people employed, less people not employed. The more people working. Can be can increase the size of the economy. Yeah, I realize manufacturing is disappearing. Then okay, then there's service. There's technology. There's maintenance. There's all sorts of things that you could do. But I look forward to always wanting to be up the next day and having a goal, and that's the main thing. And I'm not saying that retirees don't have that goal. I realize retirees have goals too. They do things. They volunteer. My father volunteered for years until he physically wasn't able to. And some people, when they're physically not able to do anything, they don't thrive. So we got to watch that too. Okay, well, later on today at around 2 o'clock, I may have a special guest on. It'll be a a live show, I think, starting at 2. And I will tell you about it later. It'll be a very special guest, someone from overseas, if it 
works out. Otherwise, you won't hear it. But I'd like to thank you for listening. Please share with your friends the Keys Bartender Podcast. It's not always about the Florida Keys, but it is always about things we talk about in the bar. And if you have any questions about bartending or anything like that, please give me, uh, send me an email. My email address is jim at keysbartender.com. And you also reach me at my phone number, which I have posted on my website. And that's www.keysbartender.com. I'd like to thank everyone for listening. Uh, please come back and I'll talk to you later. Bye. Here's the uh, big send off.